Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, perfect poly, and motherhood, all while living in the glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. Thanks so much for sticking with us as we continue to dive deeper and deeper into 2021, the year that was supposed to be so different and uplifting and, you know, the glass half full in contrast to this past year. But as we both will admit, getting back to the way things were pre-COVID, not only is that an interesting slash challenging transition, but everybody is seems to be on a different point in the continuum. And I'll, this isn't, you know, what we wanted to talk about, so we won't bore you with more COVID and mask debates, but I do think it is interesting to note that there is a school district in Iowa, a more rural district, that has now done away with all mask requirements because any staff member who was offered it or willing or wanted to has been vaccinated. And so it does beg the question, and this will be to be continued at a later date, at what point do you say you are choosing to either vaccinate or not. So for those who have been vaccinated and or feel comfortable without the mask, at what point do we shift back into sort of personal responsibility and control over whether you choose to wear it? So it's, it's not, you know, an easy question to answer. No. Well, at what point are you wearing masks now for show if you are vaccinated? Because it's my understanding, you know, if you've been vaccinated and you didn't get it and you're not carrying it, then you're not contagious to anybody else. So, you know, so I was actually kind of laughing at some politicians who were wearing the double masks and they had been vaccinated. So I'm thinking now, now it's all for show. It's a big circus, but yeah, who knows? But yeah, yeah. And, and wait, I have to say before we talk about more interesting topics. I have to say that as prior to getting my vaccine, of course, I was venting to you on this podcast that I would not be one of these people like, I got vaccinated, changing my profile picture. (laughs) Yeah. But I must admit, Amanda, when I saw that Krispy Kreme is offering a free donut for anybody, I I will whip my vaccination card out of my wallet quicker than. Are you gonna? But <laughs> to you get still want to post it? Right? Yeah, I'll wear it. Yeah, no, to get. To, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll gain. I'll gain. And somebody told me that like they were offering like mul- Yeah, multiple donuts for every time you go in. So I'm safe from COVID, but I'm on the path to diabetes. <laughs> You know, I used to live right, like, you know, in the heart, in the heart of Krispy Kreme country in North Carolina. And um, I thought I was going to be exiled from the state when I'm like, eh, I'm a, you know, Dunkin' Donut girl. Like, I don't, I can't, I'm not a Krispy Kreme girl. I need like, give me my blueberry cake donut from Dunkin' Donuts. And I am. Hey, that's good too. I love it. I got to bring this up. So. As we know, my job that I have now combines two passions of mine, investigative journalism and child advocacy. An issue came up within um, a local school community about some inappropriate behavior with teacher and some students. Um, Later, I received hundreds and hundreds of messages from former students who named this teacher. I mean, I never named the teacher, named this teacher. And these former students are in their 20s. I mean, they knew who I was talking about and they talked about this behavior. But anyway, that's not the point. So I, you know, not uncover, but I go public with this story. 
And um, no news station has it. No newspaper has it. Some reporter from a very small newspaper, this might as well be a newsletter that this small town puts out. <laughs> like, and I'm not knocking anybody. You got to start somewhere. But he was an older gentleman, you know, my age, small newspaper. He accused me of not being a real journalist. I have the quote here because you're supposed to wait for statements from police authorities, cities, or schools. Now, Tara, I have to be honest. I responded to him initially with the most egotistical and narcissistic photo of all my Emmys lined up. <laughs> like, and I know it was wrong, but I'm I like, dude, it. shut up. Because I had, a, I want to clarify something for people out there. Journalism right now is completely different than the journalism Tara and I got into. Because if you Absolutely. wait for statements from schools, organizations, towns, cities, etc. You are now an extension of their public relations department. You are no Correct. longer a journalist. So way back in exactly. 101, when I was 18 years old, we learned that when you work behind the scenes, you investigate. And when you uncover an issue, that will disable all of those in power from controlling the narrative or covering up a potential scandal because those who try to control the narrative in my experience and all my years of news and terror, I think that you would agree too. when they try to control the narrative, something is being covered up. Okay. hundred percent. So I will stop talking here in a second, but it was, you know, this is probably like the hundredth post I've done of an issue of a scandal. Okay. Then it's like the local news media is reaching out to me. They were reaching. Hey, what can you tell me? And this one reporter, you know, and I should help, you know, but I'm not in that newsroom anymore. And I think I'm just thinking to myself because they had managers who were like, hey, call Amanda Goodman, see, you know, get all the details from her. No, you go do your job. Get your ass out of your newsroom. Go knock door to door in, in this community and do your job. These young reporters today, and I'm sorry if this sounds like I'm being like too critical but I'm going to be, I'm not call you out. Cause nobody's calling you out. They are, they're press release reporters. If they can't write mm -hmm. off a press release, then they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. Okay. Here's, here's the distinction that, that bears repeating. And we have discussed this before, and this is a lofty example that is not relevant to, you know, small town schools in Iowa. However, it's, it serves the purpose of crystallizing exactly what you're speaking to. When somebody like President John F. Kennedy was in office, any and all clandestine affairs, i.e. his widely reported affair with Marilyn Monroe, none of that would have ever surfaced unless it were the telephone game, the rumor mill that decades later started to emerge. And the distinction, the difference, what we all know was a game changer for better or worse is social media. So with the influx of the platform that Amanda has mastered, it does bypass the traditional media channels, thereby giving individuals the opportunity to share information that will never come through the traditional media stream. And mm -hmm. this is why, because, you know, a TMZ, for example, would have outed something that the big three networks in the 1960s were able to suppress. Why? Because every single media company is a business and those local level managers, understandably doing their jobs, they forge 
friendships, relationships with the moneyed business people in the community slash the movers and shakers, those who are in a position of influence. So things go well for the media company and said presence in the community. And that is why, as Amanda has so eloquently explained it in a very blunt delivery, journalism as we knew it is dead. Today's local news reporters come into a situation, many of whom have no connection to the community, just like we did. But instead of being mentored by the peers that we had in our midst who were much older, they're often in a situation where everyone is new, everyone is young, and those that are trying to tell you, here's the lay of the land, can easily be dismissed and ignored because they're probably worried about getting fired doing, you know, due to their level of experience and high salary, slash there's no implication or expectation that you have to listen to the old people. And when I say old people, I'm talking 35 to 45 year olds. Absolutely. I mean, they don't have to listen because I'm low paid. I don't want to be here. I'm only stopping off in Waterloo, Iowa on my way to a gig with GMA or E Entertainment. And so there's no incentive is what I'm getting at to take the time to call the people to follow up. Oh, wait, Amanda Goodman has a post that's getting a lot of traction well, why don't I just steal everything that she's sharing and then I can get a feather in my cap because I actually followed up. That's what it is. Because some manager told me I'm supposed to do this and not just, you know, as you described, go out and cover the Northeast Iowa Food Bank handing out turkeys. Yeah. Well, you know, and this is what people, I, I want people to understand because I was accused of several things, right? You know, somebody, the same reporter, I'm, I'm using air quotes in reporter because I, I don't have respect for anybody who's a press release reporter. Okay. Who doesn't know how to be an actual journalist. He said that I, you know, you're, she's just building a brand, you know, or, uh, making money on my post. I was trying to be famous, dude. I walked away from the TV in the limelight and anybody who knows me and Tara knows this firsthand. I don't, I go out of my way to not be recognized. When people come up to me and say, you look just like Amanda Goodman, I say, I say to them, yeah, I get that all the time. Like, oh, I'll pretend to be Tara because I just want to, you know, like, I mean, that's what the thing is. I have zero agenda. The reason some local stations will follow up, they won't do the story first because a lot, a lot of young journalists don't know how to do the digging. And if I'm offending you, then I'm rubbing you the wrong way because I'm possibly correct. I'm willing to bet 100%, right? So I write this story, they see it. And my immediate thing is when they, you know, they're like, well, you know, we'll have all the blame on her. She'll get all the backlash, but we'll get all the website clicks. And that's good for advertising dollars. Mm -hmm. I don't have one damn advertising dollar on my Facebook page. I do this because it's the right thing. News stations do it because they want to make money off of it. And they want to go viral because if they go viral, it doesn't mean that you're a great journalist. It means that you're getting more money, that you're getting more website clicks. And that's going to be good for the bottom line. Everybody wants to go viral. And if people say they don't want to go viral, young journalists. It's funny, Tara, I wanted to tell you this. So there apparently was a reporter somewhere in the country. I won't say where. So a former colleague of mine, he's telling me this. It's one of these situations where she's a female journalist. She was criticized online for her um, 
appearance. So she clapped back. Well, that clap back went viral. And he said, ever since that, she changed. He, he said that she became egotistical. She became a celebrity. And then she got out of news and went off to LA because she wanted to be like, she was convinced now in her head that she is like this celebrity because she clapped back. So it's like journalism today, right there in a nutshell, right there in a nutshell. I just, I, I can't. And that's the, the, the distinction that we always make. And, and a lot of people might argue otherwise, but we truly did not like many of our peers, we did not get into the business because we had some, you know, grandiose plan for big market recognition and fame. And the reason being is because we both at some point, and unfortunately this worked out for us, we both knew that marriage and family were in our futures and were in the equation. And and to actually have both, as we've talked about, is impossible. I mean, you can't balance life as a TV news anchor really effectively long-term if you want to be an ever-present part of your kids at home being parented and being raised. I mean, it's it's almost impossible. So those who are still in the business lean heavily on a spouse to do the heavy lifting, as Amanda and I have alluded to with Hector and Dave, our significant others. So here's what is different. Now, many of the young people coming into the biz which is so cheesy to say, they grew up as digital natives from the time they were born. You know, Facebook was a thing or some opportunity to go viral existed on a platform that never was on our radar when we were in journalism school. So from the time they are very young, they realize how you can amass so much attention off of like that shallow level post that somehow resonates with millions of people. But I need to say something in your defense because no one clearly is going to defend you when you're putting yourself out there in a position to, if anything, only take a lot of pot shots and unfair heat. And what I need to say is number one, if building your brand means that you're going to put your personal likeness, face, name, behind speaking out for the voiceless, thereby risking your life, literally, and your children's and family's lives in terms of not just the emotional stress, but the physical elements of being in a small town, you know, big fish in a small pond. Why would you do that if there is no financial gain to be had? Why would you, quote unquote, attach your name to something if it were all about you. The difference is when somebody like Amanda was in her role as a broadcast journalist, by nature of the cycle of news, many of the stories that you would have covered or been a part of were essentially like a one and done. So you might cover a vigil for a child who's missing. And then the next day we've moved on to, you know, a pet that was left out in a pa- a horse that was left in a pasture. I mean, and, and I say that in jest, but I'm sincerely telling you that that is the way news chews you up and spits you out. And it's not because they're doing anything wrong. It's because every day it's like, okay, what's new? What's exciting? Mm-hmm. What are people talking about? And unfortunately, it the cycle and the nature of that business does not lend itself to the long-term long haul support for stories that we know never end for the families directly impacted. And that's where now things are different because you have built the relationships and the long-term support exists behind the scenes, none of which you're sharing on social media. And I think it needs to be said 
if it were about you and if it were an end game of getting some kind of personal benefit, I would beg to differ if you talk to the Drew Collins and the Jake Wilson's family and others who would say, okay, Amanda was there for me showing up when the cameras were never around. Mm. Thank you for saying that. And I think, you know, I think one of the biggest issues, Tara, is when I get on one, like to be an advocate, which is a true, it's it's the highest honor in my life. Like besides being a mother, being to advocate for other other people's children and the fact that they reach out to me is like honorable. I mean, I, I, I absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I love it. Um, and I'm humbled by it. I think the issue is they, some people, the critics will still see me in that female puppet role of a news anchor where I was supposed to be covering the light and fluff and I could let the male co-anchor and, you know, I was, it was just a phone call away where I could be put in my place or I could be muzzled or a story could be pulled. The problem Absolutely. is now these people have zero control over me. Okay. <laughs> it's not my, and I want, I want to say this so loudly for those who are hiding in the back, right? Do not come for me. Do not blame me for pulling out the rug and realizing that your house of cards that you built is falling. That is on you. Like you did that. It's just now I don't have anybody holding their hand over my mouth when I'm about to like drop a bomb. Like I didn't do this. You did. And I'm not calling you out. And, yep. you know, and I appreciate you saying what you said about like me not like people have thrown me under the bus so many times. I have literally like I've road rash all over my body. Right. <laughs> and that's okay. Like. I could prove all these people wrong. I could shut them up by sharing information that I know, but it's not about me. I want to do everything I can to protect the children and protect those who came forward to me by either phone call, email message, you know, whatever have you. So it's not about me. But when you come toe to toe with me, if when you write a damn newsletter and you think that you're a journalist, no, honey, you better walk in the like a mile in the shoes that people like me and Tara and all the other real journalists who went before us before you start cr criticizing what I'm doing. And that's, I mean, and I don't care how people, like, I really, I just. Ugh. Okay. But here's, here's what we need to sort of qualify about the situation. And, and, and we need to talk people through the logic because I think people are perceiving it. Some, not all, clearly there are many people who are grateful that you've given a voice to those who have been sometimes forgotten or dismissed or ignored. Let's face it. Ignored is a big one. So what you need to understand is this is not a case where Amanda is finding something out, you know, a day after said offense occurred. It's people and families who have children, especially, that for months, sometimes years, were dismissed by the individuals in power who were put in a position to be called upon to protect them. Mm -hmm. That's what people need to understand. If I am a mother and my child comes home and has been the victim of some kind of grooming, potential pedophilia, you name it. Once you start going through the channels that everyone tells you are in place to remedy the situation, once those channels fail to result in anything but a pat on the head and, well, I don't think that what your child is saying could be true because 
this person is such an upstanding citizen. This person has never done anything like this. So let's never believe a child when adults in power might find it uncomfortable if that person in their midst has to be put on a put in a position where they then might be questioned about their non-actions and in some ways support for the person who in the end could have been the perpetrator and might have multiple you know victims i mean and you the extreme example that you express so well on social media is Jerry Sandusky, mm. somebody that not only was beloved, but was heralded all the way to the White House yeah. for everything he was doing for children. And in no way are we trying to compare the Penn State case to some you know, local situation or circumstance, because at this point, we don't know of one that's comparable on that level. But what we're saying is, and what I'm saying is, they are coming to Amanda as a last resort. Yes. Period. It is. I am a last resort. Oftentimes when it first happens, a lot of people reach out to me. And the first thing I say, did you report it to the authorities? Did you report it to the school? Right? So when parents come to me and say, we've reached out to the school in December and file a report. Okay. So that's months ago. And then it's normally filed by file, you know, followed up by with, well, we reached out to the local news stations and the newspaper and no one has like, gotten back to us. Of course they haven't because they're waiting for somebody else to do their job. And I'm just the idiot who's going to do the job for them. I mean, it's just, so it's, I'm the last resort. And what people don't understand, I handle everything Tara, like an investigative journalist. I don't just like, my goodness, I do not like write about everything or call people on every, I mean, I get so many messages a day. I literally do fact checking. In this case, I had 39 pages of emails. It was literally in black and white. And so I called my friend who works at the county attorney's office. I said, I want to share these with you. What's your opinion? Is this wrong? Because it looks wrong to me. And then I called, you know, somebody who works in the sheriff's department. Can I show you some of these? Does this look wrong? Because it looks wrong to me. And so I do all this fact checking. And then once I open the gates and it's just like more people coming forward. And you know what I said? I didn't say, I'm going to share your story. I said, you report your incident with authorities because I never, I don't want to, I don't, I want to, my thing is believe the child, protect the child and let the investigation do its part. And someone says, Amanda, you really have to let the judicial system you know, um, do its job because it's great. Right. But the problem is we live in today's world is that the media isn't doing their job because they're reporting on bullshit. Right. So all these things are getting covered up by schools, communities, all this other stuff in between. And it's not even getting to the judicial system because they have a no tolerance policy. I know, I know a lot of people, a lot of prosecutors across the state. And I will tell you, they have a no tolerance policy when it comes, if you hurt a child, but it's just not getting there because Nobody is talking right. about it. And so I'm thinking, Tara, like, I want to know what the news is reporting on. Okay, here's, here's the implication. And this is where we all need to look in the mirror. Is part of the hesitancy to pursue these cases born out of adult friendships and relationships, whereby if said individual comes out as being somebody who acted inappropriately toward children... Is that an indictment on me if I'm close with the person beyond a peer, yeah. beyond a coworker? And let's be honest, 
this is the human nature of how relationships are forged. If you're in a smaller community, odds are you are much closer to those individuals because it's a much smaller you know, pool of people in your midst. And so in contrast, I will use a larger school district or a larger city as an example. It would be much harder for the uh, old boys network to prevail because so few people would probably be that well-connected in a pool of hundreds, if not thousands of employees, that they would not be able to influence a lot of change or preferential treatment off of a phone call, a handshake, or, you know, running into somebody on the weekend at a kid's ball game. That, That just, those kinds of favors are few and far between in bigger communities simply by way of, unfortunately, a lot of people, as you know, not having the power and authority because they don't have the money or the influence. And so that's where it's tough for you because many of the people who reach out live in these communities Mm -hmm. where outing themselves or speaking up leads to being ostracized. And if they've lived in Mayberry for 30, 40 years, if their mom and dad before them did, they don't want to leave their quiet yeah. little bubble, nor do they want to you know, upset the apple cart, but they're having a hard time sleeping at night because they know what's going on they know, and they've right. known about it for years and nothing's ever been done. I, I want to tell you this, Tara, and this is what I've realized. And it was kind of a, my own social experiment that I did. Okay. How many times, I mean, I have reported on many things controversial, many incidents were involving children who were hurt and it was met with 50%, 50, 50, right? Some people were like, hated me for, it, and they came after me. They came after me. They came after me. Those were the ones that the news never covered. So a couple weeks ago there in one week, there were two schools and literally it was probably like 95% of the people who were commenting or like, it's about time someone's calling it out. Those two stories that got such a positive response were covered by the news. You know why? Because they thought if we don't cover it, if we cover this, it's going to get a lot of clicks and we're not going to lose any viewers. Now we're going to gain more viewers. That's what it comes down to. Point blank period. And if anybody denies it, if anybody denies it, then you're still working in the news business and you're drinking the damn Kool-Aid. They won't do a story that may affect their viewership. That's it. And I don't care what station you're watching. I don't care what station you're watching because you can take the liberal news media and see how many stations reported that the president fell up the steps of Air Force One. Not one. There was only one station. And we all know what cable news network that was. There was only one station that reported it. But when President Trump fell up the steps, people were questioning his physical and mental stability. So there it is. Absolutely. That's a great, that's a perfect, that that completely encapsulates <laughs> everything that you're saying. And here's the, the part that, that people aren't, I guess, even owning, but it's actually sad. You do have a lot of influence. The power of the keyboard often does prevail, as Amanda is describing. So if enough people get behind a cause or an issue, it does apply pressure to the mainstream media that, hey, we better cover this because, you know, this is the shiny new toy. And so what I love about you is you're willing to put your name and your likeness behind this child that is easily ignored because oftentimes they're a quote unquote, you know, no name 
voiceless, faceless individual in the scheme of a community where they might not have position, influence, money, power. And kudos to you because every child, regardless of his or her situation, deserves to be protected. Your child is no better Mm -hmm. than the child in some small community that's been ignored. And we better have the ability to recognize that it's our responsibility to protect everyone's children, not just who we pick and choose based on our friendships and connections on social media. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll end with that because you know what? Shame on me if I have this platform and I do nothing honorable or meaningful with it. Shame on me if I'm coming from the land of here's a picture of me in my anchor dress. And, and now I don't use it for what it was intended to make change, you know, make a tsunami of waves. So, yeah. Thank you for letting me vent yeah, about this so, today. So kudos to you because with that opportunity, influence, ability, comes comes many consequences, many of which are not comfortable for you. So for anybody to suggest otherwise, I know differently and, and I will will speak that truth. And so on that note, just thank you for protecting children. And thanks to everyone listening who understands and embraces how it's a messy situation that Amanda is trying to, you know, drill through with an outcome that in the end is serving to protect only the child involved, not no one else. Thanks, Sarah. Make it a great week, everyone.